and I ended up going to the University of Texas to go play football. And it wasn't until I got there where not even that my faith was really tested, but I really had a chance to see, oh, I have decisions to make on if I'm going to follow Jesus and say what I claim that, I'm, that I believe or, or, or not. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Rooted in Christ podcast. My name is Eric Stevens. I'm the founder of Redwood Christian Ministries. My guest has told me today that I have to hold these heavy championship belts. We sit here to have this uh, this discussion. I'm extremely uncomfortable right now. <laughs> if you don't see this on video, go over to YouTube. You got you to gotta see what's going on over here. My guest today is former NFL player, two-time, two-time author, ESPN analyst, public speaker, humanitarian, all around mighty man of God, Sam Acho. How are you doing today, my brother? I'm great, Eric. I, I, and I, I, you could, yeah, got to hold them the whole time. I know those things look heavy. They, but they I was are. Like, that's just the one. Do the most. They are. <laughs> I feel it feels natural, but it also feels like I don't need to go work out my shoulders in the gym today. Kind of feeling too, you know, like <laughs> I feel like I'm gonna cramp up in the middle of this episode as soon as I put these things down. <laughs> right. If I start floating, you take them up yeah. and start flying. <laughs> I might be sweating. What is happening over? You know what? Let me let me put this down. <laughs> oh man, brother! Thank you for for doing the show today. I know I got you for about thirty, maybe forty minutes. So thank you for doing the show. I really appreciate it. So let's just—you have done a lot of things. I want to get you back on here because I feel like we're only going to scratch the surface about your life story. But go ahead and just dive into it. Where'd you grow up? Where are you from? So I grew up in Dallas, Texas. Uh, I'm—I say I'm from Dallas, Texas. My parents were born and raised in Nigeria. And my wife is from Nigeria. Well, since I've been a kid, we would go there Christmas, every Christmas and New Year's. We spend, you know, a week or two there. And then in the summers we go as well. And so born in Texas, a lot of my family, well, immediate families in, in Dallas, like mom, dad, sisters, um, and get a chance to spend a good amount of time in Nigeria. Not great amount of time, but a good amount of time. Wow. Okay. So were you always like a Christian, always following Christ? Like what what is your faith journey been like for you? So, so I always start the story by saying, well, my, my dad is a pastor Yeah, and people, some people are like, oh yeah, your dad's pastor, you always but a lot of pastors, kids, like you can either go one way or another. You know? Yes. <laughs> so like, so I grew up knowing the Lord, but my mom, dad, pastor, but my mom like devoted like to the Lord as well. So mom and dad both devoted. And so I, I, long story short, I grew up around the word of God and knowing who God was and like what he meant to our family and to my parents and to us. And probably around 13 or 14 years old, I started to learn, okay, what does this mean for me? Hmm. I remember getting baptized. And part of the reason I got baptized, to be honest, was I saw my sisters, older sisters get baptized and they would take me and I couldn't take me and I want to take me. So let me, let me just pop in, you know? Um, and so like, I kind of was like, okay, boom, I'm going to get baptized. It's going to be great. But still, you're 14, 15, 16. You, in fact, I, I knew right from wrong, but it wasn't like I was like overtly living out for Christ. And it probably wasn't until college where, uh, so background, I went to a small private school in Dallas, about 80 people in my graduating class, an all-boys school, and playing, you know, football, basketball, track and field. It's an academic school, though, so like academics was the goal. Well, I got a chance to, and I can get into the story later, but get a scholarship scholarships to a lot of schools and I ended up going to the University of Texas to go play football. And 
it wasn't until I got there where not even that my faith was really tested, but I really had a chance to see, oh, I have decisions to make on if I'm going to follow Jesus and say what I claim that I'm, that I believe or, or not. And so right around that college time is when I said, you know what, like, I'm going to try and live this thing out. And thankfully, God brought some good people around me to try and like walk with the Lord, though there were ups and downs all throughout. Right. When you so when you're in like that, because you have a, a perspective on this, a lot of people may not get a chance to experience because you're you were in that that locker room. You were also in that that sports culture. Like, did you find it hard to really find yourself and find God for yourself, find your identity in Christ, like in that I mean, in that environment? Like, what was that like for you? Yes. The short, the short answer is yes. The long answer, (laughs) the long answer. Yes. And uh, I talk a lot about like masks that we wear and that I wore. And, and we talked about this as we were preparing for the podcast. It was so easy for me to try to fit in. So when I was with my athletes, it's like, oh yeah, doing athlete things. Right. When I and I'm I'm like look not low key I'm kind of a nerd in some ways but like when I'm like with my academic friends oh let's do the academic thing when I'm with my you know my black friends I'm one way white friends my people want to know from Nigeria it's like I knew how to assimilate so well and so it was pretty hard to really say okay who am I and what am I about what do I actually care about and what actually matters and especially not even especially in the locker room but in so many ways the locker room was probably more difficult to be me really because you're with these guys all the time. So you start pretending and it's like, okay, well, that's who I'm going to be. And you can pretend for a long time. And then all of a sudden you start showing, okay, this is who I really am. It's like, well, will I be accepted? Will I be laughed at? And so it was, I'm not even going to say hard, like to overstate it, but it was just different because I remember, I remember I'd be walking on campus with my you know, classmates from the business honors, honors major in UT, business honors program, marketing. And I see some of my teammates and I almost didn't even know how do I like, who do I hang with? How do I talk? What do I say? You know what I mean? Am I like, hey, what's good teammate? Or like, hey, classmate, what? Like, and that happened often. Like whenever those worlds would intersect, it was this thing of like, okay, who am I? And I think even now I'm still learning and like finding my voice in so many ways of, oh, this is who God made me be. I think that's why I love writing and speaking. Because when I write, and my first book talks a lot about like this whole deal about mask identity. It's called Let the World See You. And um, my most recent book is called Change Starts With You, kind of talking about like what God's doing. But when I write, that's me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. When I speak, like what you hear when I speak, that's me. And there's a freedom there that I didn't always have. That's a lot of my, my testimony was the fact that I was searching for acceptance in people and wasn't looking for it in God. And when they rejected me, I was devastated. So you, I started putting on these identities and these different masks to morph into what those people would like just to be accepted. And it's crazy because what was accepted in one group was not accepted in, in another group. And now you got to remember which group is which identity and which jokes are here. And then it gets crazy because now you got to, now you're living, now you're living a lie and you got to remember what lie you're telling and what lie you're living and where it's pressure It's so much pressure. 
to a point I, you and I talk about this off air, but that's what almost led me to suicide was literally trying to wear these masks and wear all of these identities to be what other people wanted me to be versus really trying to be who God wanted me to be. And there's freedom and there's freedom in like when you're who God wants you to be, there is a effortlessness that can occur that does occur. And, and you would never would have thought that it was possible because it's like, well, this is what I, this just is what it is. It's how it always is, has been. And God says, no, but, but it doesn't have to be that way. Like you start spending time with me, you start putting me first, you start actually trusting me and listening to me and, and spending time with me, you'll realize that. And then Lecrae has a song. He said, and he wanted to say, says, if you live for their acceptance, you'll die from their rejection. Yeah. But even more so it's like, there's a level of acceptance that is unimaginable and it's not contingent on what people think it's contingent on who you are in Christ. Right. And he also, he brings those people. Like when you start, he's going to bring the people who are supposed to be in, in your sphere. He's going to bring the people that he wants you to influence. He's going to bring, he has you placed where you are for a reason. And he's going to, he's, it's why he says he knows the end from the beginning. Like it's in my mind. All right, God, you know how that, you know, we're going, bring those people. Give me eyes to see and ears to hear who those, who those people are. The people who I'm supposed to be mentoring, pouring into the people who are supposed to be mentoring and pouring into me. Cause you can't even talk about making disciples. If you're not a disciple yourself, that doesn't work. You can't do that. <laughs> I can't take you to a place I've never been to. Right. I can't tell you how to play football in the NFL. That's insane. Like, you know what I mean? Like you got that, that fan who just thinks that they know how the coach should be calling plays, but they've never coached a day in their life. You know what I mean? Like it's, you have to, I have to be living this out. And then that's before I start encouraging the people to live it out. You know, that's what I tell people it in my church at the time. Like I, I'm willing to pour into you, but I'm, I'm going to tell you who's also pouring into me, you know, cause that, that piece matters. But it all starts with that surrender to God first, because man is going to fail you. And sometimes we don't always get it right just because we're preachers, teachers, pastors, elders. We're not we're not perfect, you know, but we know who is. So we got to plug into the source. And I'm, I don't want to take up your whole interview. I want to be quiet. I want to be quiet. right now. No, this is good. I'm, I'm good. <laughs> so you you know, I've I've heard a lot of your your story and I've like I've listened to a lot of other interviews you've been on, like and it was like. I'm like, that's when I said this, I'm like, I need to get this guy on here more than once. Cause there is so much to, to just what you're doing, just like, not just in, in your sphere, but literally all around the world. Like you are, you are, thank you for your yes, because you are influencing so many people. So what does it mean to you to be intentional with your walk and intentional with your journey with God? I love that. Mm -hmm. So for me, being intentional means mornings. Mm. It means mornings. It means I'm married, got kids, you know, I got, you know, I'll do work, all the things. But it's like when nothing is going on, choose me. Mm. Even when things are going on, kids might be away, choose me. Come on. Even when you have things on your plate, things that you have to get, choose me. When you're afraid, choose me. When you're caught, choose me. It's like, it looks like mornings. And I say that because there's an intentionality in maybe it's waking up early or maybe it's not. Maybe it's, hey, I might not wake up early. When I do get up, I'm going to spend this time, whether it's five minutes, 
10 minutes, 50 minutes, two minutes. But I'm going to spend some time with you. There's a devotional I read called Jesus Calling. I try to read it daily. Uh, and it just is almost, it's by the little woman named Sarah Young. And it's as if like Jesus is speaking to you. And sometimes for me, intentionality looks like, hey, I'm going to read that devotional today. Other times it looks like, okay, at night, well, we have a seven month old. I'm all right, when I rock him to sleep, it's been a while because I've been traveling. When I rock him to sleep, I'm going to recite these verses, sure, over him, but for me to remember, for me to remember, the Lord is for me. I will not fear. What can man do to me? The Lord is for me among those who help me. Therefore, I will look with satisfaction on those who hate me. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in man. It's better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in like intentionality. So when you say, what does intentionality look like? Like for me, it's mornings. Because if I don't do it then, I can just jump into the day and I look up and I'm like, man, why do I feel so stressed or confused? Mm-hmm. And then when I do spend that time, it's like, oh, easy, 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 easy. Seems like a hard decision, but no, it's easy because I'm choosing the one. It's crazy how different I feel like, and I think a lot of Christians will speak to this, but it's crazy how different I feel when I'm in the word and studying versus when I'm not. Like I notice. And what's scary to me is by the time I notice, I wonder how many other people have been affected by it. Because sometimes when I notice it is way, like it could be days later, you know what I mean? Because I've had, we've had those seasons where it's like, I've gone a couple of days without reading the word, right? And then I'm just curious, like how many other people were noticed? When was the last time that dude prayed? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, what is really coming off of his mouth might be on his heart. How many, you know what I mean? Like by the time I notice, I wonder, is it too late? You know? And so. I even think, I even think of like how many people have I affected, you know, like whether it's my wife, my kids, my friends, whatever, family, coworkers. And I don't even notice it yet. Right. I just knew that, oh, they did this, they did that. And it's like, no, dude, you weren't in, you didn't spend time with me. And so instead of having my perspective, you chose your perspective. And that was your decision. It just was the wrong one. And the byproduct of that misalignment is pain. And it's not just for you. That pain can pass on to others. And it's not this thing of like a fear thing. It's like, no, dude, I love you. Mm-hmm. Like, I want you. I want you to have peace. I want you to have joy. I want you to have freedom. So these things that you fear, oh, will I be accepted? No, love actually disciplines. Love actually speaks the truth. Papa talks about speak the truth in love. We think, oh, no, I don't want to say anything because I'm going to offend them. No, if you love them, you would actually say something. But, oh, you've got them as an idol or their opinion as an idol. Oh. So do you love them? Are you trying to build your own thing or worship your own thing? And so when I talk about when you ask me about intentionality with Christ or for me, it's mornings. That setting aside that time, that dedicated time is is so important. And I kick my days off by telling God, use me today. Use me to serve today. Use me to serve someone else today. Be a blessing to someone today. Use me to impact for someone. Use me to impact someone with the gospel today. Use me to lead someone to Christ today, but give me the plan for the day. What do you What do you want to do with this today? And Holy Spirit, and this this is the scary piece: is Holy Spirit interrupt my day, you know, and be and just we have to be willing to be open to that. But the only way we can get 
and remain in that that sensitivity to be used to hearing the voice of God is to know the things that God has already said. We have to be, we have to be in the word and then living the word so we know what God looks like, so we know what his voice sounds like, and we can find that base of things he's already said in those 66 books. So you you've had an opportunity to experience this in a way that some of my listeners may have not, because you got a chance to play in the NFL. So I'm gonna let you talk a little bit about about your time in the NFL. I because I can't speak to that because I if I got hit, I would just cry. All right, because y'all are way too big. And it's just crazy to me. Um, how did you keep God first? <laughs> earlier, I'm like, I said what you said earlier before we you said, well, before we press record, you're like, man, if I was in the NFL, I would break. I'm like, what? What do you mean? What do you say? He said I would break. He said I would I would, I would fall over. I would it would, I would get hit and that'd be it, bro. I would it would be that'd be it. I would be like, um, you know what my safe I could play free safety. I could play that out there. Maybe I could be out there just hawking the field. I'd be all right. <laughs> But I would we would get beat over the top all the time. <laughs> you had one job, though. No, you had one job. Uh, you had one job to not let that happen. <laughs> the non so, the non football fans list around like what are these two talking about? <laughs> yes, yes. Um, um, yeah, yeah. But if you just share a little bit about what it was like to just be a follower of Christ, like in the NFL, in the NFL locker room, and even now with your job at at ESPN, like how. How have you honored God and kept him first with with the platform that he's blessed you with? So it was easy, but it was hard. It was easy because when you have money and fame and access and have the world at your fingertips, and the Bible talks about evil, you know, sin is creeping out your doorstep. It's right there. You're all right. It's easy to get access to whatever. So it's like, okay, like that's wrong. I know what's wrong. I know what's right. That's the easy part. The hard part is. Okay, but what do, does my why line up with my like what what my what? Like, does my why of all right, I'm following Jesus, and I does line up with what I'm actually doing and what I'm actually pursuing? Right, I want to get a new contract, or man, I want to get you know the you know they have all this and all that, and I want it too. So there was some ease in it and some difficulty. I think one of the benefits that God provided, not even that, I'll just say this, like. God gave me people to help keep me accountable. And he also gave me people to help me grow. Hmm. I thought I'd be the only one. Thought you, I go to the NFL and no one else is a believer. No, that's not true. Every team had at least two or three guys who were following Jesus. And I remember praying one day because I was with the Cardinals and I was a rookie and friends from college were like, man, are you, is anyone else a believer in all these things? And and I remember just praying for one person, like, God, just give me one. Like, not only am I a believer, I don't know if these are, but I'm also a rookie. So like, they, these guys are vets. They don't even know me. I might not make it. And I remember being in a hot tub one day, doing an Epsom salt bath or a cold tub or one of those two. And I, I look and a dude is in there. I'm like the one next to me, like reading his Bible app. And I think he actually asked me about, the Bible, the church, or something, like the day after I prayed, his name is Chancey Stuck. He's a receiver's coach or offensive analyst or something at Notre Dame right now, I believe. And God was like, boom, answer prayer. And though Chancey and I didn't become overly tight during that season, he was a guy I could look up to and answer prayer. And so whether it's on ESPN or my, playing the NFL or whatever, God is always reminded me that there are people, right? even on air right now at ESPN, it's like, okay, 
does anybody care about me or is it about you and your platform? And God showed me, no, there's people. Like, they used to do this Bible study, apparently, at ESPN before COVID. Mm. Um, people were, like, following Jesus. I'm like, oh, I didn't know that was a thing. Right? Well, one, one of the guys who actually left there is a good friend of mine who lives in Bristol, Connecticut, where the headquarters are. And I, if I was ever in Bristol on Sundays for work, and I oftentimes was, because I was in college and NFL, I'd go to his church. And I remember crying tears at his church because I was like, wow, God, you brought me all the way to Bristol, Connecticut. You're putting me on TV in front of millions that you gave me this place that feels like home. Mm. So thank you for that. And so it was, it was easy in some ways, but also hard, hard in others. So it's crazy. Cause like, sometimes you really think like I'm alone in this walk and like, you just sit there. Sometimes you'll be and wherever gym grocery store it doesn't like you just like is there anybody else in here who believes what i believe because you see the opposite all the time it's why i encourage christians to share their faith and and share the things that god does in their lives and know their testimony and know their life story because we don't know who needs to hear it because the that i'm, I'm only responsible for my obedience the outcome is is up to god you know i'm responsible to be obedient to what he's telling me to do and I've just been amazed at how many people are like you and I just walking around here, just waiting to talk to somebody, <laughs> you know, or just, or looking for a church or looking to be discipled or, or hear or wanting to hear about a program going to church. They can invite their, their high school or two, because they're trying to get them out of the streets. You know what I mean? Like our, our life story, our testimony is for someone else. We are put here to be light and salt. And we don't know, we don't know who that's for. We just have to be willing to be ready to accept that call. So Talk about it in in my in my book. Um, it's called Change Starts with You, and it just came out a few weeks ago. And I talk about how you are the answer to someone someone else's prayers. That's good, and you may not even know that you are. Like you sharing your testimony, you sharing your story, you being who God made you to be, you speaking up on that plane or in that grocery store line or at work or doing that thing that God said that you, for you to do, it sounds crazy. That obedience is the answer to someone else's prayers. My friend used to say that God shows up on the other side of fear. There was a story. I, I don't think I've ever shared this before. Um, but I remember my last year in the NFL, I was playing with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and there were some guys on the team who, you know, I, I signed kind of halfway through the season and they were kind of doing their own thing and whatever. But I was like, hey, I'll be me and I'm free. And like, God had really, like, I thought I was going to retire and God gave, like, I had just told my wife, hey, we're done. Yeah. Let's move. Let's go start this new job. And like two days later, hey, can you come and do a workout? And I ended up getting signed. And like one of the last games of the season, because I felt like God wanted me to be a light and all these things. And there's a dude on the team and I'm not going to say his name, but like very well-known guy, you know, one of the highest, he's a high paid guy. And I felt like God was telling me, hey, man, go dap this dude up, right? In the middle of a game, locker, like middle of the sideline game. And like I, I was cheering, whatever. I like try to dap him up. He kind of ignores me. I like, brush me off, whatever. And um, I felt like God was like, go dap him up again. And like I do, put my like, fist down. He's like ignoring me, whatever. And God's like, I said what I said, you know? And so like I low-key, I go to this guy, big, like 6'3", 350, whatever. And I like almost like grab his and like dap my, like just give him like a dat whatever. And he kind of like looks at me crazy, whatever. Well, fast forward like a few minutes later in the game. Hey, Osho, get in there. My job, I'm playing eight games. Hadn't had one sack all season. 
and get my first sack of the season in our penultimate game, like the second last game of the season, right? Immediately after the obedience. And I'm not saying that the reason I got the sack is because I obeyed, but I kind of am, right? My whole point is like, God may ask you to do some crazy or weird or uncomfortable things. And he may just not only reward you for it, but he may be helping someone else for it. He may be waiting for you to speak up and to show up and to step up because someone else needs your story and they need your testimony. They need your words of encouragement, your words of wisdom. They need your voice. They need your listening ear. You may just be the answer to someone else's prayers. I had my, um, my friend, my, my close friend of mine, somebody like very close. He was trying to build this thing, like do this crazy, amazing thing. And like, like really like change the world, all these things. And he reached out to a friend of his who was a follower of Jesus. And my friend said, hey, will you join me? They're like, yeah, yeah, I got you. I got you. Boom, boom. It's going to be great. Well, the day before the event or two days before, they texted him and said, hey, after further thought and further consideration, I've decided to you know, go in a different direction. So I'll no longer be able to join you, but I'm praying for you. And this friend of mine said, and he told me this and told that person as well, he said, don't pray for me when you're literally the answer to my prayers. Mm. Wow. So it's like, there are so many spaces where we are praying for people. And yes, like the prayer of the righteous man availeth much, like prayer works, all that stuff. But God is calling us to stop praying and start doing. Yes, pray, always, pray without, pray always. But let that prayer lead to action. I'll talk about faith without works is dead. Show me your faith without your works. I'll show you my faith by my works. I'm going to pray for you and I'm going to show up for you and with you and by your side. As opposed to, hey, text, I'm praying. No. So that that's that's what I'm learning in this time. I just did a sermon on on the Great Commission and my one of the two of the things that I said in there was we were not saved to be safe. We were saved to be sent. We are a saved and a sent people. We were saved to be sent, not to be safe. You can say it forwards, you can say it backwards. We're ministers of reconciliation. We have the Jesus blessed us with the ministry to reconcile. And he it's because when he came back to the disciples, he came back accomplished. He came back with the holes in his hands and his side, and he said, and if you read it in John's account, he tells them, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, now I'm going to send you. And if, in, that, in, that, in, in John's account of it, the disciples were hiding. They were running. They were, they were locked into a room because they were terrified. They were running from the Jews. They were, they, were, they were terrified. He just showed up and put them on mission right away because we don't know. We, we to your point, we have something that somebody else has. And if I really love you and if I really care about you, why would I withhold that? So we can, we can bring this also to, but it, that's, that's the piece of leading people to Christ. And there's also the discipleship piece of that. We come alongside of them. That's great. You just gave your life to Christ. Let's do life together now though, because you can't be out here by yourself. We are not designed. That's where all the redwood stuff, a lot of the redwood idea came from. We're, we're intertwined. We're living, breathing, intertwined organisms meant to do life together. You see somebody on their own, they can get devoured by that lion. No, let's just link up. Let's tighten up this core. Let's get some people, two or three people around you to help you in your walk and, and in your journey because we have something that they need. If you've been serving the Lord for one day, you got 24 hours on somebody, let alone if you've got some years versus somebody who doesn't know the Lord. You have a story to tell. If God, if Jesus has done a work in you, you got a story to tell. It is for someone else. Your, I've said it already. Your testimony is for someone else. 
you can be that life source for somebody else because you carry, because of Christ's authority, we have authority because of Christ. So I'm going to book you again, like right when we get off of here. Like, I don't even, I don't even think, I scrapped the questions when we started. When I put down a heavyweight title, I said, we're just going to let this go. I know I don't, I know I got you for about eight more minutes. So I just wanted to just float a couple, a couple of things out there for you. What advice, because you're the perfect person to, to, to share this, what advice would you give to young athletes in sports today? You're chasing after the wrong thing. Mm. Be excellent, be great, but do it for, do it because that's who you are and that's what God made you. Not for a contract or acceptance or fame. Because I've either had a lot of that or been around people who had all of that. And emptiness ensues. So I'd say be great because that because God made you great. Like God sees you. And he made like sometimes, and I haven't shared this with anybody. Sometimes I look at my and I, God has been changing it, which I'm so happy. Cause I used to always see myself as like, you know, I was a little like chubby kid as a little kid, you know what I mean? Whatever. I was like, man, am I whatever? And I recently I started looking at myself. I've been praying, wow, wow, oh wow. Okay, that makes sense now. Cause I've been praying for that God would help me to see myself the way that he sees me. It's been my prayer for like, I don't know, months now. And Wow. Okay. Just recently, um, it makes sense now. I'll look at myself like in the mirror, and it's this thing of like, "Nah, dude, you're good. You are pristine. You are my best work. So act like it. Hmm. Live like it. Train like it. Eat like it. Think like it. I'll look at myself in the mirror." arms, biceps, you know, all, uh, you know, quads, not what, and be like, and it never used to be this way. My whole nine years NFL, I never thought, but now it's like, oh, wow, God really made something here. He really like did his thing. So I don't have to be ashamed or afraid or anything. I can walk in the sobriety of his truth of God is a great creator and I'm his creation. And he wants me to fill. Yes, be fruitful, multiply. Adam and he, Adam, like, hey, man, boom. Like, take care of this, take care of that. But even you, like, I made you mentally more. I want you to, like, I gave you a big brain. Use it. I met a dude named Caitlin Moore the other day on Zoom. Brilliant dude, getting his PhD now, Rhodes Scholar, went to Cambridge, all these things. And meeting him inspired me because I have that and I disdained that because I thought I had to be this big, bad football player. And I'm looking at him saying, man, like he's using words like fastidious. I'm like, bro, what does that mean? Yeah. Right. I'm learning that it means like, man, you're very like you're all the details are covered. Mm. I'm like, man, like he, he's like, those are the words he used to use in my business honors program with my classmates. He's he's using um, just like this language. I'm like, this is this is amazing. And God's like, yeah, I gave you that too. Maximize it. Your body, maximize it. Your heart, like the kindness that you have, share it. Your your ability to bring people together, keep on. 
your love, your thing. Like, I don't care how much you have or whatever. Like, do that. So I would tell young athletes and old athletes, whatever, whatever athletes is, be great because that's what God made you. God made you great. So don't chase, don't chase the other stuff. That's good. I know I got you for four minutes. So I'm going to say this quickly. Um, I mean, we're uniquely and wonderfully made. No one can play the role that God created you to play. So we need to walk in in that authority of Christ. We need to walk in that uniqueness. We need to then walk and seek after the presence of God and seek that above all else. You know, he he made us by design intentionally and on purpose. That is how we each one of us been made because we all got a part to play. So unfortunately, that brings us to the final segment of this. I had so much fun on air and off air talking to you. I'm sad this is over. <laughs> I got to get you back on here. This is our let them know segment where you can share anything you like to let the audience know. And if there's anything you want to share about your um your recent book, feel free to drop that too. But uh, my brother, Sam, please let them know. God is for you. God is with you. He loves you. He wants you. And he takes delight in you. I think about, I was, there was a lot of fear in me writing this book in my most recent book, Change Starts With You, Following Your Fire to Heal a Broken World. I was like, oh, people, will people like it? Will they accept it? Or is this even re- like, is this me or am I trying to pretend? And God's like, no, this is you. And it's uncomfortable in all the things, but this is a part of how I made you. So share it. That was for me. That was for me. But for those listening, I would say, um, that it's not just my story or Eric's story or the people you're listening to on their podcast would be follow on social media. God is writing a story in you and you are, you are one of the characters in his story. Like, I'm not the main character. Eric's not the main. God is my friend says, uh, uh, we do this Bible study. She's like, God is the thing. Yeah. I want to use God. And if, if, if I pray, God, give me this thing relationship. Give me this thing, money. Give me this thing. No, God is the thing. So I'll just remind you that God is the thing. Like the words that I say, Eric, if people you listen to, let them point to God. And if they're not, stop listening. Come on. God is the thing. And he, 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 it's like the Lord is for me. I will not fear. What can man do to me? The Lord is for me among those who help me. Therefore, I will look with satisfaction on those who hate me. Mm. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in man. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in princes. It goes on to say that all nations surrounded me. In the name of the Lord, I will surely cut them off. They surrounded me. Yes, they surrounded me. In the name of the Lord, I will surely cut them off. They surrounded me like bees. They were extinguished as a fire of thorns in the name of the Lord, I will surely cut them off. You pushed me violently so that I was falling, but the Lord helped me. The Lord is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. Let no one else. What I will say now is let no one else be your strength, your song, or your salvation, but the Lord, if anyone else is, they got that platform, whatever in your eyes, knock them down and put, put God there. Man. That's good. Thank you for sharing that, brother. Thank you for being on the show. I got one last request of you, if you are okay with it. I always pray with my guests, if you wouldn't mind praying this out before we end this episode, I'd appreciate it. Absolutely. You want me to pray? Who are you praying? Uh, You can kick it off and I'll jump in after. Awesome. Awesome. 
Um, God, we're so grateful, man. Um, thank you for being a good father, God. Thank you for the fact that we're two or more gathered in your name. There you are. Thank you for the freedom that you've given Eric, God. Freedom from addiction, freedom from suicide, freedom to live, God, and to love and to be loved, to be a light. Uh, thank you for freedom that you've given me, God. Freedom to be exactly who you made me to be and not be afraid anymore. God, not be confused anymore, not be ashamed anymore. Fear is just a liar running out of breath. So pray, God, I pray that I would believe the truth and not believe the lies. Um, pray the same for my brother, Eric, Lord. Pray the same for anybody listening. They would know the truth and that the truth would in fact set them free. You say, sanctify me in your truth, John 17, 17. Your word is truth. So I pray that we would spend time in your word, spend time with you and, and gather and collect and seek out wisdom for it's better than gold. So in Jesus' name we pray. And Father, I just thank you for my brother, Lord. I thank you for everything you're doing in him and through him. I just continue just to pray for just expanded territory over him. I pray that he just continues to keep his heart um, positioned towards you. I thank you for his yes. I just thank you for the his testimony, his, his willingness to just share all the things you're doing in his life, Lord. I pray, uh, pray blessings over him and his family. Lord, I pray that you just keep them safe. And again, I thank you for everything you're doing in him and through him. And I just thank you for the testimony and the light and salt he's going to continue to be to everyone around him, Lord. We just pray and ask all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Brother, thank you so much for doing this show. I'm looking forward to having you back on here. Thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. I appreciate you too, bro. Have a good one. Thanks for carrying those, uh, what's it called? Sales one. So. Yeah. Yeah. I still, I, I got them on the floor over here. So I don't want to trip when I stand back up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Have a good one, brother. Thank you. All right.